We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What is up, Green Bay Packers fans? Welcome back to another edition of the Pack a Day podcast. The we are so close to April being here, and then we are in the same month as the NFL Draft Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Morley. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Morley. And I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Ross Uglin. And Ross, I was just telling you, I feel like we are so close to the draft and like my, my takes are, are pretty much set, right? But man, we're still like a whole month away. I think we're like a month on the nose. Yeah, the 29th. Yep. This time in a month, we'll probably be inching closer and closer to the 29th pick in the draft. Um, and knowing who the Packers are going to take. But, man, I just wish it was here because I think every year, Ross, it's, it goes – it needs to be said and reminders need to be put out there that it is silly season right now. It is this – is this, this is the time where you'll start having people say, well, hey, maybe Zach Fields is – or Zach Fields. Maybe Zach Wilson is going to go first overall over Trevor Lawrence. Maybe – you know, player XYZ is going to go top 10, maybe quarterback six in this draft. You know, the Tom Savages of the world are going to be a first round pick. So uh, there's just a lot of a lot of jockeying at this point in time of uh, of the draft season. And 
Ross, how are you, man? How's how's your mental stamina right now? Are you ready for the long haul, for the long grind here leading up to April 29th? I actually kind of am, you know. Um, I I try to stay out of the noise as much as I can. Um, I developed my top 300. Probably going to start that again from, not from scratch, but uh, I use Google Sheets. This is kind of inside baseball here a little bit, but I use Google Sheets, so just moving guys up and down isn't super easy. So I actually do start at one and just rewrite from 300 and, and kind of like type in the names and kind of feel it as I go through um, the entire top 300. Again, I've got some guys that are going to move up. I've got some guys that, you know, had some, some rough testing numbers that are probably going to move down. And it's not because it became better or worse football players. But there's just questions that were answered. There's ties that were broken. You know, there's, um, answers that we didn't have before that we have now. So uh, definitely going to go through that. Plus, like full disclosure, I've just had a chance to watch more film. Like uh, Milton Williams, the interior defensive lineman from Louisiana Tech. I like him better than I did after watching two games now that I've watched six games. Yeah, he's it's just dude. the way it is. He he's is a dude. A dude. We had, yeah, I like uh, him. We had Fennel on uh, the Gold Zone last week, and we were talking about him with this D-line class and how – you got Barmore, who I think is uh, Jordan Elliott from Mizzou a couple of years ago. That's that's who he is. But then you got a guy like like Williams out of La Tech that, man, if you want a disruptive dude playing in the inside of your defense, uh, he might be that guy. But I, I think you know what you're talking about too, Ross, is interesting, and that's something I do as well. When you go and you get through your rankings, you you go through these guys and and you give them a grade and you look at them as a positional group and you, you stack them against each other. And I think I think it's always super interesting because because for me, when I start doing my write ups for the for the KC draft guide, I'll write a guy up and like I'll use like Austin Watkins as an example, the receiver out of UAB, writing him up and then being like, man, I like this guy better than the two guys I just wrote up in front of him, you know, but they have a higher grade. So like, let's go back and look at this, because when you stack them up against each other, you kind of have to have to kind of make those last minute changes. We're just like, man, I really like this guy. Um, so it's, it's always interesting, but then you also want to try to get away from second guessing your first reactions too. So it's, it's such an interesting process. And one thing that cracks me up, Ross, you talk about nuance before, before the show and, and how that just doesn't really exist on Twitter and how the longer I've done this, Ross, the more and more it's like, man, if you want to argue with me about someone that I like and, and you don't like chances are, if you would always, always just argue that you don't like the player, you're going to be right more often than not. If you, if you want to yeah, argue that he's not good, <laughs> right. Cause yeah. hit, hit rate is, is so low, you know, and, and especially to be like a superstar, you know, like there's guys in this draft class that I think it gets twisted too, because you're like, man, I really like this guy. I really like this player. And then, you know, five years down the road, he's not an all pro. And you're like, Oh, you missed. It's like, no, I didn't miss. He's exactly what I thought he'd be. Like a guy like Jacoby Myers out of it when he came out of NC State, I freaking I loved his game. He went undrafted, and that wasn't a surprise to me. But he's in the league, he's making plays, and he is one of New England's best receivers, which isn't saying much. But the right. fact that he's on, you know, that he's on a roll, like that's a hit for me. That's being like, man, that's what I thought he would do. I really liked him. I didn't think he was ever going to be Antonio Brown or anything like that. But he, he's just a good player. But man, I'm off the rails. Uh, Talking yes. NFL, talking <laughs> NFL draft. <laughs> uh, we're gonna play a little game, a little game, Ross. Uh, this is called 
Well, this well, this isn't a game actually. This is gosh, I I have lost it. Boys, we are just it. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> uh, no, that, a question I have to ask you. Talking about players that that you that you really like, and there's always a few guys that I think you kind of fall in love with on every draft class, and it's it's usually just because you love watching their film. That you just have a blast watching them, and you you turn it on, and it's just fun. It's just fun to watch certain guys and. There are certain guys that are flashy and fun, and then there are certain guys like uh, we're. I was talking to some people about the the Penn State tight end Pat F- Fryermuth. Do you want to say his name? Baby Gronk. That's how you say his name. He's really good, right? Good player, but yeah, he's he's boring. Player. He's boring. Good, right? Yeah. He, he's yep. just like I'm gonna. Yep. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do exactly what you tell me to do. I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna make the catch, and I'm gonna fall forward, drag three guys five yards, and I just got twelve yards, but it was the boringest twelve yards ever. But then you get guys like Diami Brown, who is going to be a guy that we talk about. Ross, I feel like we've been banging the drum on this guy for a long time. People are starting to catch up. I saw a few people talking about mentioning him as a top, you know, top thirty-five pick, potentially sleeping, you know, sneaking into the first round. Uh, and and we can stop on him because we'll talk about him. But he he had his workout today, Ross. What were your impressions of his workout numbers? Uh, you love it. He he's an elite athlete, and that's what you want to see out of a top sixty pick. You know, what I mean, and they got away with it a little bit too. Like Devonte not being a burner and still working out to that degree is awesome, and it's great. But you know, the think of the truly great receivers you've seen in this league, or a lot of them are. You know, Mike Evans is a freak. Uh, Julio Jones is a freak. Calvin Johnson was a freak. Um, you know, guy after guy after guy, like even to a lesser degree, guys like Cortland Sutton, you know, um, that are really good number ones, but maybe not like top 15. I mean, just so many of these excellent Justin Jefferson. Guess what, guys? He was a freak. <laughs> Flat, he might have played the slot a lot at, at LSU, but it wasn't because he didn't have excellent timed athleticism. Um, you know, this guy, uh, this in general, your top receivers are going to be your top athletes. It's a, it's kind of like, it's not necessarily to the point of pass rusher, like pass rusher. You need a dude very seldom are elite pass rushers, not elite athletes, but you just get so much more of an opportunity for like margin of error on a receiver. That's a great athlete. And that's where um, I'm happy that Deami Brown tested well, because now the tape is starting to match the testing and it's like, okay, you talk about hit rate, hit rate's going to be higher on this kid. There's a better chance that this kid is good. Well, and that's just, you know, I've been banging that drum for a while, and it's like, what what, what does he need to do that Jalen Rager, that Brandon Ayuk did, that apparently Diami Brown isn't getting the same respect? And that's kind of my thing. It's been like, man, they're all elite-level athletes. Um, I don't know. You know, one thing I think with receivers that has some merit is the dominator rating, too, is – when they were good. Diami's been good since he stepped on the field at yep. UNC. And he's put together two 1,000-yard seasons in the ACC. So it's not like you're talking about, uh, he's got all these raw tools, but he hasn't put it together. No, he's put it together. Like He's he's been a, a very good receiver at the collegiate level. So um, I, I it kind of makes me sad because I don't think the Packers are in on wide receiver in the first round. So I don't know if Diami's going to be there at 62, which, which bums me out a little bit. But uh, I'm going to set you up for another guy. And I know there, there's two guys in this draft, Ross, that I think the two of us will go to bat for. 
One's Diami. Talked about him. Uh, the other guys is uh, you talk about freak athletes. You talk about uh, you talk about Osai from Texas, and that dude absolutely dominated his pro day. He dominated the collegiate level for two years. Uh, he he dominated Oklahoma State, and and I want to get into what we were talking about before the show, Ross, because there's a lot of back and forth about. The- we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Osai versus the big Tevin Jenkins, Oklahoma State film. Now, Osai had, you know, what, what was it? Seven tackles for loss, three sacks, two forced fumbles and a fumble recovery. I mean, his stat line is absolutely bonkers from that game. And not to mention, he beat Tevin on the last play of the game to seal the deal against a top 10 team in their place to win the game. So, you know. What's what's the deal with that when you when you look at two guys because you'll have one side of it Ross you have one group that says Tevin Jenkins dominated Osai this whole game and then you'll have another side that says no Osai won that won that battle how how do you how do you explain that to people that sometimes it's not as easy as just this guy won or this guy won Ross. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Yeah, it's like, you know, we were talking in the pre-production meeting. It's like that uh, that argument that I got into um, with uh, Peter Bukowski, our, our good friend Peter Bukowski, about the game that Dalton Reisner had against Montez Sweat when uh, K-State played Mississippi State. 
you know, you one guy doesn't always have to kick the other guy's ass. Like if two first round picks or two two top sixty picks go at each other, it's okay to say both players did well or both players had good reps. Um, Osai's final numbers from that game, like I- I'm sorry, but you're you're just not going to be able to tell me that he lost that battle outright. And maybe, of course, uh, maybe he didn't line up over Tevin every time. I'm going to probably tell you he didn't line up over Tevin over time, every time, because um, in general, that's kind of the beauty, if you will, of Joseph Osai is where you can line him up. And the, you know, issues and, and problems that he can cause. But you're not going to have 12 tackles, three sacks, and six TFL if you got your ass whipped by Tevin Jenkins. I'm sorry. Like, if your boys at Arrowhead Pride need to hear that, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I, we he, got it. Yeah, yeah. no, we, we, we definitely had a, a fun conversation on air um, the, other, the other evening about that game because those guys are all big. They're all big Tevin Jenkins fans, and rightfully so. The dude's awesome. Like, if he was the Packers pick at 29 yep. – I'd be, yes. I'd be like, cool, great, let's roll. Uh, yeah. But if Osai was the pick at twenty nine, I'd probably be decently excited about it too. Oh, that might I'd be die. a little, that might be a little bit rich. But I would die honestly too. Like, okay, so I've done, um, and I'm gonna get into the weeds here, but I'm not gonna go off the rails. Those are two different things. I I've done like a twenty three hundred word, like almost a twenty four hundred word deep dive analysis. And you, you folks are going to be want you're going to want to get on the Cheesehead TV draft guide. This clearly superior draft guide to the Arrowhead Pride draft guide. <laughs> uh, I did a twenty three to twenty four hundred word explanation of the Fangio system, specifically like the Staley version of the Fangio system. And let me tell you what the Packers don't have besides shorter, more penetrating defensive tackles. Because they need those in spades. I mean, your your Aaron Donalds and your Michael Brockers don't just exist on this roster. The other thing is, you talk about a Samson Ekubom, uh, Leonard Floyd, Obo Okoronkwo. These are 250, 255, 260 pound edges. Not the 275 pound behemoths that the Packers have on the edge. That's a Mike Pettin edge. And while I think there's a version of the Staley Fangio defense that's going to work just fine, you know, with that style of player um, with that body type. That's great. But I think you want to also get diverse. And I can't think of a more like souped up version of Obo Okoronkwo than Joseph Osai. And I loved Obo and I still think he'll work out. But like if you could take Obo and you could take Hassan Reddick and then they had a super football baby, that would be Joseph Osai. Like I, I could, you would not be able to, level off my excitement if it was Osai at 29. Okay, I'll, man, I was going to say I thought that might be a little rich at 29, but when you talk about I think you talk about either of these guys at 29 and I don't think I don't think they're going to be there at 62. So if you want one, you better take one there. And I I I would be excited about either of those guys. Right. So I mean, in general, uh Osai, let me look here. Um Osai is 43 for me overall. Now, you got to remember, I've got, I think, four QBs in front of that. Trevor, one. Lance, three. Fields, 
for Zach 11. Okay, so really he's like 39th for me because QBs don't exist. I mean, would I like a trade down to 35 and then take Osai and pick up an extra three or a four? Yeah, absolutely. But if you just pull the trigger on my number 43 prospect at number 29, I'm going to kind of like, and by the way, like, for example, I have Greg Russo at 36. Osai is going to jump Russo in this next round for me um, because I wasn't really impressed by what Russo did. I didn't like his burst. I think we're getting to the point now where Ru- that Greg Russo's traits just mean that he's tall and he has a wingspan. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen some, like, JPP comps. I don't, I don't know buying that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I would guess that on this next round, Osai is going to be in the high 30s instead of the low 40s. And at that point, like whatever, I'm I'm good. I'm, we can do that. <laughs> we we as a people can take somebody like maybe ten spots of where we think ten spots ahead of where they think we should go. We're talking about a you know a team that just took somebody at sixty last year that PFF didn't even rank, <laughs> and then took a guy in Josiah Deguara. You know, that was, again, like most big boards, 200, 180, 190. Just, you know, they are way far away from consensus as it is. It's it's not going to kill anybody if they're, um, you know, 10 spots away. So I'm okay with Osai at 29. Well, and Ross, I think that's what's been so interesting about last year's draft and what will be even more interesting about this year's is the group think has not been able to develop as much amongst teams just because they haven't been around each other as much. And so you saw that last year with the Packers. And honestly, they probably don't care anyways. You know, I really don't think they do. I think they, they, they don't care. They, they make their board. <laughs> yeah. And, and they're going to draft based off of that. You know, if, if they are the only team out of 32 that love Jordan, that, that like Jordan Love as a first-round pick, they're going to take them. Now, there are some negatives to that, Ross. The fact that, and I'm not knocking Jordan Love. I, I am, I will mention though, if you're the only pro- team that loves the guy and you could get him three rounds later, then maybe do that. But now, it's the, it, it, I'm going to, it's the Christian Ponder argument. Yeah. Like when the Vikings took Christian Ponder at 12, well, we love Christian Ponder. Great. Trade down to 25. Yeah. No one's pick taking up, him. Yeah. Yeah. Pick up a first round pick. The following year, pick up a two this year. Do like that's great. And that's I mean, you know, I, I, I think Love was a toolsy enough quarterback prospect that Green Bay probably had decent intel that they did have to go up to twenty six. And that that's they, fine. They like yeah. whatever. I'm I'm fine with all that. But um, you know, maybe trade down and take AJ Dillon, maybe trade down and take DeGuara. There, there's a number of things that, you know, I feel like they maybe could have done that they didn't do. Hey everyone. I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or, if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, We'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. 
So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. But it all boils down to this, Ross, and this includes Christian Ponder. If Christian Ponder was still in the league winning MVPs and being a great player, what percentage does it matter that no one else liked him? Right. Zero, right? Like if they're yeah. good, who right. freaking cares? Right. Like, and so, and, and the Packers think their guys are good. And I, the more you see kind of what this team has done in the last two years, and I know fans are like, <laughs> we get mad every, every off season, but I'm just, I'm just of the mind right now that this team knows what they're doing. And I'm just going to sit back and enjoy the ride. And do I agree with everything that they do? No, but I, I think we all need to take a step back and, and, and do realize like, man, they've turned this team. And that's, yeah. and that's kind of the tough thing, right? Is like if we and I, and I don't work for the team, I publish Packer report. I don't work for the team. They don't care at all what I think. And, and But at the same time, like I'm putting my time and effort and really developing true opinions on these players and where I value these players. And so when the team values them a completely different way, it makes me kind of feel like an idiot or just in general, like I, I don't know. It, it, in, in general, it makes it, it's different. It's weird. And you're like, am I an idiot or, you know, are they idiots? Everybody has to be an idiot. You know, some, someone is wrong. And so that's the thing. When you do study a hundred hours of tape, then when they do something that you view to be crazy, you know, then it's, then it is difficult because you feel like what you did was worthless. Yeah. I had like an existential crisis at last year's draft and, and, and I like Jordan Love, you know, just like, what am I doing with my life? Like I spent all this time to, like saying like, this guy would be a great fit, this guy, this guy. And they did none of it. They did none of it except John Runyon Jr. Poor one out for John Runyon Jr. He, he is, he right. is a, he is a player for the people. We all loved him. But beyond that, man, yeah, it was just like crazy. And and it's and it's wild, Ross, because you, it's got the whole you know draft Twitter and 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 people like us looking at this draft this year. I think from a different angle of okay, this is what they should do, or this is what we think they might do. But let's look at let's look at every option here. Let's look at the the Trayvon Mo Riggs. You know, like could they take a safety at twenty nine? Maybe he's really good. And and how could they do it? And we're starting to like unpack that before they even make the pick. You know, in the past we've had to basically, okay, let's explain the Rashawn Gary pick. Let's explain why they did that because it's nothing that any of us really expected them to do. Okay, so we got to explain it. They took a freak athlete that they think they can develop behind these two Smith guys. Cool, whatever. Let's explain, you know, even the Jair pick we had to explain. No one expected that. He was too short. It's too short. We're not going to take that guy. They took him, you know, and and they were right. They hit that one out of the park. So it's just, it's interesting what, you know, we've adapted to as well to kind of say, wow, they could go. And and the Packers really could go in, in any direction this year besides quarterback. I, I'm, I'm very confident that they will not take a quarterback in the tops, uh, top 100 Ross, but who the heck knows? Uh, And speaking of, 
you know, getting off this, this wasn't even on our rundown. I had two questions for you. We're kind of just doing our own thing and I love it, but let's shift gears here to, and this is called, this, this is called, we'll end it with this. This is called thrift store prospect, Ross. And what it is, is basically you have your top 10, you know, your blue blood type guy players in this draft class that everyone knows, you know, uh, Kyle Pitts, you know, Jamar Chase, Trevor Lawrence, these these dudes that we've been talking about for six months that uh, we know about them. But good teams in the draft, they can say, okay, we might, we maybe we missed out, maybe we missed out on Jamar Chase, or maybe we just know we're not going to be able to get a player like that. But who are some other receivers that we can go to the thrift store and we can get, you know, 85, 90% of that player at a much cheaper rate. And so the example that I use just to get us rolling here is I'm going to keep using Jamar Chase because Jamar Chase is, is a top 10 guy, right? He's one of the best players in this draft class. So if you're not in the top 10, you don't have a shot at this guy. But I think you look at Jamar Chase, look at the way he wins, he how he wins vertically, how he is such a smooth route runner, and he's kind of he's kind of a receiver that I call like a cloud of, a cloud of smoke type receiver. Um, like when he's on his game, you can you can throw hands at him and just and miss like a like a you know poof like he's gone, and then he is gone. And a guy that I think is like that is is Diami Diami Brown, who I don't want to keep talking about him, so I'll just say him. He. He is very similar to me to Jamar Chase. He's about he's a 90% of him. And then a guy that I'd say on day three is the Iowa kid, the MR Smith uh Marset. He is wins a lot of the same ways. Uh, you know, he's dynamic with the ball in his hands. He's a vertical threat. He's got that easy speed, easy athleticism, and he's a day three type prospect. So there's three guys that you can kind of just go boom, boom, boom. If you don't get this guy, there's a player of his caliber that is going to go off a round or two later that you can pick up and get about you know 90% of that player. And for some of these guys, and for the Packers, it might be one of those questions. And the thing with the Packers is that, that people talk about, Ross, is like the corner position. If they don't take one in round one, will there be similar value there in round two? Is there a thrift store type player in round two? You know, the defensive line, you talked about it already. To run this Joe Barry scheme, they need more than just Kenny Clark up there to be disruptive. Are they going to be able to find that in this year's draft class? I, I don't know. And that's and that's the thing. is like who who even is the A-list player of the D-line? There really isn't one. But, um, Ross, who are some guys, in your opinion, especially, you know, with the green and gold type angle, who are some guys in this draft class that you think could fill a need for the Packers and 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 comp them to you know a top level type guy with as far as skill set and what they can bring to the table. Yeah, I think you know, um, like Dylan Radens. If you're looking for a center, I know he played left tackle at North Dakota State, but I think he could give you like ninety to ninety five percent of what Creed Humphrey could, and you get him half a round later, probably. Uh, I think that that's one. Um, Brady Christensen is a tough comp because Sewell is so thick. You know, he's not that tall, lean left tackle. And in fact, I would argue there's not a great tall, lean left tackle. Like Rashawn Slater's a brick shithouse too. I was going to say maybe, maybe, maybe Mayfield, Jalen Mayfield would maybe be the closest thing that you could comp him to as far as like a high level guy. 
But to, to be honest with you, like when I come out with this next top 300, Mayfield is going to be super close to to Brady, if not behind him, honestly. Like I'm Ooh. I'm starting to talk about I'm not, I'm starting to talk about Brady as like a top 40 guy because I had I had him let's see uh this is great radio. Well, while you're looking, so what are what what are the knocks on what are the knocks on Brady Christian? Because everyone talks about him as a, I don't a Packers know. type guy. Well, I think I think the consensus kind of is is he's gonna be old, right? He's gonna be 24, 25 his rookie year. Because yeah. he, you know, he's a BYU kid, which whatever. If he's ready to go, and I think I think you pair that with the fact that it looks like he's maxed out developably. Uh, he's maxed out in his development, and he's kind of thin. You know, he's not your big, huge, massive, bulky guy. He's more of a long, lanky athlete. So I think you look at those two things, and, and I think – and I'm not saying I agree with him because I love Brady Christensen, but I think he's ready to roll now. And if he's as good as he's going to be right now, I think you have a, a quality starting tackle in the NFL. But as we know with Lyman too, Ross, these guys get better. They get better into their 30s. You know, it's a grown man position that even if you're 25 years old – you're still going to be able to adapt to the NFL game. Um, but I think, I, I don't know, I think that's, as far as what I've heard, that's the only thing keeping him out of the conversation with these top, you know, your Derrissas, your Mayfields, your Sewells, your Slaters is, ah, uh, well, he's going to be 25 and he's got kind of a narrow base. Cool. Okay. Is that it? Yeah, I don't, I'm not, yeah. I'm not bothered by it. You know, I'm just, I, I'm I'm ready with him. Like I said, he's going to have a really top end uh, second round for me. Um, I, I, he's just so good, and he's so athletic. It turns out, and and not necessarily even just obsessing about like timed athleticism. He's just so gifted um, in his ability to get down the line, and 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 you watch it on film. It's it's not just like I said. It's not just timed athleticism or underwear Olympic stuff. Just turn on some turn on some tape, man. Watch him get down the line on outside zone, and watch him rip people out of there. And he's unbelievable as he's, a pass blocker. He's another like, guy. They, they just, I'll say, he's another guy that I think you could say you could comp him to Creed. Like you want to kick him inside at guard, you want to put him at center. I think he'd be fine. I think he can. Uh, play five, he's six five. seven. He's oh, six he's, seven. So that that I don't. I'm not. He was only so he did he come in taller than what he was listed at. Uh, I feel like he was. I feel like well, I want to say I remember him being listed at six five, which is wild if that's true. But it does happen sometimes. Um, but yeah, so I guess yeah, yes. Um, and, and well, Rado's what six five, which is about as tall yeah, as Rado, you want a center to be. Yeah, Rado's is six five. Um, I'm not. Oh, okay. Yeah, six five. All right, never mind. Six five. I thought they. I thought for some reason, um, BYU listed him taller than that. Maybe that was BYU listed him at BYU listed him as six six. Pro day says six five. So yeah, maybe, maybe. But I, I think he's a tackle. I really do. I think you know he he's going to be. Um, I actually like him as a left tackle, honestly. And that's, I guess, why I also think he has so much um, potential and, and, and so much value. 
Yeah, and really, and, and you talk about the arm length, the length, uh, the size, all that. It's really, it's really there. The oh, feet, yeah, it's the great. footwork, the footwork is fun. And left tackles are not always fun to watch, but he's he is a fun watch at BYU. That whole BYU offense is fun. And um, I'll tell you what, Dax Maline, that the little the little slot uh, white little white slot receiver out of BYU. I like I like him. Let, listen to this stat about that dude. The the guy won five state championships when he was in high school. He he was the starting. Uh, starting receiver, starting defensive back his sophomore year, junior year, senior year for three state champion, 6A Utah schools. And then he was the starting point guard his junior and senior year for two championship basketball teams. And I, I pointed out the guy because because when I'm writing my bios on guys, like stuff like that stands out to me. And I remember last year going into the 2020 draft and writing up Joseph, Josiah DeGuara, very similar in that regard. Super decorated prep athletes, just one just knew how to win. And I think uh, you talk about a guy on that BYU offense that um, is very much a Packer. I think Brady Christensen is 1A, and I think Dax Moline is, is, uh, is 1B as a guy that at the, end of, at the end of April, when the draft is all said and done, if one of those guys is a Green Bay Packer, you kind of just go, well, yeah, of course they are. That's, that's what the Packers do. That's who they draft. Um, Ross, any any other thrift store prospects? We kind of uh, we kind of just like, um, w- went thirty one minutes into this podcast, just rambling on about guys, and I love it. I uh, you know I think really for me, I I seem to be higher on both UCF corners than most. So th- those are to me those are second second round corners, early third round corners that you might be able to get in round four. I love. Um, Gowan and Robinson. I think they're both really good players. They do they do things well, kind of in different ways. Um, but I seem to end up higher on on both Tay Gowan and Aaron Robinson than most. And I think you know if it is like I've seen a couple like if if they go, um, let's say it's Raiden's at twenty nine, and then um, you know like Amon Ross St. Brown at at sixty two. If it's O tackle. And then wide receiver, and now, now, now we need, you know, DBs. I think those guys in round three or round four could really be useful. Um, I think they're both e- effort tacklers too, and that's going to be something that's going to be really important if Green Bay is going to play as much split safety as the Rams did. Like the ta- the, the corners are going to have to tackle because. There's not going to be, you know, an eighth defender always rolled up into the box and playing that single high stuff. Um, wide wide zone, wide runs, tosses, et cetera, et cetera, screens. Um, they're going to have to tackle. They're going to yeah. have to get guys on the ground. And that's Caleb Farley is a guy that I think his name has started to pop up in Packers circles just because – I think he was kind of thought of as a guy that would never be there. He's not, you know, oh, he, he's never going to be there at 29. But then, you know, a guy, a guy like Benjamin Albright comes out and says, hey, he's he's too high in your all of your mock drafts. And then he comes out and has surgery on his back for the second time. He might be. He might be there. You know, and, and that's kind of the pushback that I would give is, homeboy doesn't like to tackle. That guy does not tackle. You know, so yeah. if, if he's going to be playing in this offense, he's going to have – or sorry, if he's going to play on this defense, he, he better tackle. 
Um, and that's why, like, that's why I always used to say, you know, I would draw a circle around the nickel, the strong, and the the front six, and say these guys have to tackle. It's a luxury if the rest of them do. If your outside corners and your free safety can tackle, that's a luxury as far as I'm concerned in the old system and in most single high systems. And the reason I say that is just because, like, I'm good um, as, as far as obsessing about tackling. I would much rather, you know, you, you tell me, like, this guy is a 90-grade cover guy and a 60-grade tackle guy, and we're talking about free or outside corner, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like it on the on the twice a game that they run the outside toss or you know the twice a game that the free safety actually has to make a tackle in a single high system, I don't care. I would much rather they're shutting down guys outside. Cover four, two man, cover two, tackle. You guys need to get guys on the ground. Yeah, and I think. Let's say Farley is the pick at 29, and and that's going to be the question, right? Well, will he tackle? He might not, but man, if if he pans out as as a guy, like he's good, you know, he can he can cover. Yeah, he can he's cover. great. He can cover as good as anybody. I tell, you, I tell you who can cover. I mean, a pie in the sky is Pat Sertan. That mm. that kid tackles everyone. That would be, yeah. I mean, yeah. If honestly, if there was one player that you could just pick out of this draft class and say drop him on the Packers team, it might be Sertan. It really might. Yeah. He, he fits what they do to a T, um, and I think he's ready to play right now. And that's that could be a fun topic for later on as we get closer. Who is uh, who's the best fit, you know, in this entire draft for the Packers? But Ross, we're at thirty five minutes. Went a little bit long today. It's <laughs> uh, just 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 randomly, oh, but this guy, oh, this guy. But you know what? That's kind of the point where we're at in the draft, too, I feel like, where we could sit here. Ross, if we just went unrecorded and just sat here and talked prospects, we could probably do it for three to four hours. So, okay. um, and People would listen, I think. Oh, maybe. Who knows, man? Who maybe. Knows? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, guys, thank you for joining us. Those of you that do listen, we appreciate you guys, as always. Um, Ross, thanks for joining me. And, guys, until next time, go Pack Go. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.